Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by GhostBed.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. Yeah, welcome to Drinking Bros, kids. It's the old Friday afternoon show that airs on Sunday nights. D'Anthony D'Anthony Holloway is getting tested for AIDS today. He's got an AIDS test, and uh, he had to actually fly to San Francisco to meet with the finest AIDS doctors in the land. Thoughts and prayers uh, all the way around, but uh, I don't know. He's doing some secret military shit. Instead, Mike Glover joins me today from Fieldcraft Survival. Mike, how you doing, buddy? Hola, como estas? biblioteca. Yeah, you didn't know I had it like that, Espanol-wise, motherfucker, did you? <laughs> What's up, man? How are you? <laughs> I'm awesome, man. Uh, I'm having a great day. I, I've been saying this pretty much every day on this podcast here for what seems like uh, the beginning of the year on. Something fucked up and wild uh, happens every single day, and being on daily like Drinking Bros is, you worry that you'll run out of things to talk about. It's never ending. Um, and since you have one of the, the, the biggest survival, is it the biggest survival app that, that's currently on Apple and all that shit right now? I'm pretty sure it is. Right now, it's um, Phil Cross Survival's app across survival prepping apps is one of the big, biggest, especially when it comes to content. Okay, great. So, look, whenever you're on the show, I ask you some fucked up shit about surviving. Um, today... I'm going to ask you about surviving in prison right off the, the, the jump here. Uh, Putin's most ardent critic, uh, he died in prison. Are they calling this a suicide, Bob? Do we know? Yeah, because uh, Epstein is trending. Uh, this is trending along with it here. How do you stay alive in a Russian prison cell? The biggest thing is the, the task organization is built off a hierarchy typically associated with your reputation outside the prison, but also your reputation within the prison. It's also very much aligned with um, very conservative morals. So if you've touched a child, you aren't going to be at the top of anything. You're actually uh, a bottom feeder and they would likely kill you. But if you've done the right things, like you got in a fight, you, you potentially murdered an adversary, that potentially aligns you in the task organization for being taken seriously and kind of one of the guys you don't want to f around with. So I think it start your reputation begins on the outside. So for all those criminals going to end up in prison, keep doing you. I, I think just double down and make sure you're doing the right things. Don't ever touch a child ever. And then when you get into prison, it's also about how you carry yourself. If you look weak, you're exploited. Um, if you look strong, you're tested. And if you are strong, then you could build your own tribe and affiliation. It's it's pretty simple. It's it's tribe tactics. God damn it, dude! I knew you'd have the answer for this. I knew it. It's one of my biggest fears um, is going to prison. I have a number. I have an over over like a over under number for years in jail versus blowing my brains out on the side of the road. Um, so mine is ten, <laughs> and it's based on age, by the way. So if it's more than ten years, like ten years, I think I would do it. And then just put up with it and be fine. Over 10, though, I blow my brains out and I fucking end it. Or you could just go to Mexico. Like, you could walk across the border and just start over. 
I mean, you could literally just start over. Are whites allowed, though? I have a feeling if I snuck over the border, they'd be like, wait a minute, honky. Back in America, I feel like their laws are tougher than the ones we have at our own border, and I feel like they, they would get me out of there. You kind of look Cuban. Just go with Cuban, um, and then you'll be good. I like that a lot. Uh, I want to drive one of those old cars from the 1940s, uh, <laughs> sipping on mojitos, brother. <laughs> Um, but yeah, as far as prison, like that's it. So my over under is 10 years and then that's it. But I also know like what my age is in life and all that shit. Let's say you accidentally nuke somebody on the way home and boom, they got you. Or you were like Daniel Penny, uh, the Marine in the subway up in New York could <laughs> choke that dude out. Cause let's face it. Um, breaking news here. That's uh, Trump just got fined $364 million in New York, uh, as well as being barred from running any New York businesses for three years. Bullshit trial all the way around, which also makes me think Daniel Penny's probably going to jail for murder there. Do you have a number in mind where you're like, fuck, I, I just wouldn't go for that? No, because, I mean, technically, the answer is that I will never be in that situation. It's not acceptable to me because you put me in the scenario. If I was handed that down right now, you would never find me. I knew you it. You would never fucking find me. And what? I'm Asian, so I fit into at least... 70% of the world, yeah. I blend in, um, for the exception that I'm 6'1 and uh, uh, very heavy uh, and have tattoos and, and have a country accent. So I would fit into uh, somewhere off-grid, and you'd never find me. I have a plan, by the way. It's already lined out. I just need to execute. Oh, so you do have a plan. All right, great, because I want to get into this. Like, uh, D'Anthony was talking about this the other day. Um, he said, look, if you're going off grid, obviously you got to get, get rid of all your devices. So no cell phone, no iWatch, nothing that's got a geolocator on it and all that other shit. Uh, do you, I'll, let's get dark today. Do you have a plan of what you would tell your wife and kids? I think most likely because I understand cover and how to like get out of these situations, I, I would take them with me. But like you said, it involves a lot of, um, removing yourself from everything you knew, um, completely taking your identity and changing it, and then not being tethered to any technology. I mean, technology is how they're going to find you nowadays. And I can't imagine for a lower level issue like manslaughter, you're going to be tracked by Interpol. You're, you're just not going to be a priority. But for anything larger, it's going to be harder and more difficult because Interpol is everywhere. The international a policing organization of, you know, working with counterterrorism and um, different organizations to find you and track you. They have incentives to do that as well. But if you're not on their radar, it wouldn't be that hard to kind of get away and get away with it as long as you follow protocol. See, the sick part of me uh, thinks about like what their life would be like. They wouldn't be able to play like youth baseball or football and they'd be living in the fucking jungle with dear old dad who fucked up and accidentally <laughs> murdered somebody. And then I'm like, hey, dude, I'm sorry you can't have roadblocks uh, every day or play with your friends or anything else. You've got to go sell rice out of this hut with a bunch of weird people in Laos. Uh, and now we're Laotian. It's a tiny country. I know, dude, but we got to figure it the fuck out. Dad's going to put on a rice hat and go and fish all goddamn day, you know? Well, hold on. First off, Roblox is all about role playing. Mm -hmm. So now they're just doing real life Roblox. I know they don't want to do that, though. They want to, you know, build a, a kitchen oven or something like that. No shit. That's what it's like, Mike. Like my kid came to me and he's like, look at this. I built the inside of a, a family room and it's got a TV on the wall. And I was like, 
Cool, man. We have a real family room downstairs uh, with a TV on a wall, and you can just watch watch me if you want to. Um, but I don't think they would enjoy that life, which is why I never considered it. So, like, if it was on me, and let's say we're going down uh, Dark Road, Dearborn, Michigan, late at night, and there's a cyclist in front of me, and I've had a few hard AF seltzers, and I just go ahead and clip this guy – I don't know that I want to force them into the rest of their life in Laos with me just because I fucked up. I think I would send a series of videos, leave them there, and then maybe come back in like 20 years. No, you don't want to give up those memories. I, I, I mean, there's two identified problems. One, that you likely have Asian in your genetics because how you culturally appropriate Asian culture. So maybe that's what you want anyway. So maybe you should go on vacation to Laos or Cambodia mm-hmm. and actually see if that's something you want to transition to before you hit the cyclist. Um, and then two, um, I think, you know, we, we limit ourselves based on our ideas of what we think the world would be. You don't have to be in um, a third world country. I mean, with the right identity scrub and process outside of the limitations of uh, retina scan as well as biometrics, and facial recognition you there's a lot of places that you can go where your quality of life might improve also it hinges on your level of preparedness if you're prepared you're not going to a third world country if you're prepared you're migrating into a first world country with all the elements and it's an easy transition and then you're just picking up where you potentially left off in a different way awesome i was so glad we got into this today because it, like there is this urge within me just to flick that wheel And it's just a hair to hit that cyclist and end it all. For a guy like me, what, Mike? (laughs) You know what you're getting into on this show. For a guy like me. I love it. For a guy like (laughs) me, what do I need to keep on me to be prepared for something like that? Where, you know, again, one or two hard AFs, bad day at work, and then just flick that wrist. Yeah, like autonomic uh, driving solutions Tesla, uh, Rivian has them where you're not in control because it seems like the more you're in control, the likely uh, statistically of you having an incident where you uh, at least kill somebody and have to cover it up. Um, we want to avoid that in the first place. <laughs> also, if you if you have a your I mean, your child driving would be a better opt in than you driving because of the morality they still have. <laughs> unless unless you've actually ruined that as well. So I, I just think. I think just handing off and then trusting Jesus to take the wheel is like the best course of action for you, specifically just you, nobody else in the room. Yeah, no, and I understand that. I understand that. Carrie Underwood will be playing, though, on the radio as I <laughs> as I do kill that cyclist. But is there a bag of shit that I need? Like, uh, hypothetical, let's say it does happen. What do I need on me to leave this world and, and everything else? Because I think flight-wise, I would be able to get out of here pretty quickly. Um, you know, I would stuff the body somewhere and then be able to get on a flight and get out of here. Uh, once you land, though, what needs to be on me? What doesn't need to be on me? Well, interestingly enough, we we just we have a loadout series of Phil Cross Survival that is broken down into capacity as 20, 40, and 80 liters. And what we say is the more capacity you have, the more space you have, especially if it's organized and partitioned, then the more capability you potentially have. And so uh, we're, our 20, 40, and 80 liter is already out. You, you have the integration of first aid and survival general purpose pouches integrated into the actual bag. But now we're partitioning it 
with four different color scheme pouches to align with different pieces of preparedness. For example, if uh, you want first aid, it's typically red because red is dead uh, or or treatable. Uh, let's just let's just go with that. Sure. Get edit that dead part out. Uh, but you you have the bag, and it's universally known as being first aid. So if you have your things partitioned that are first aid centric in there, it allows your family to be able to identify that equipment and have ready access to it in haste, especially when you're injured, and and also partitioning and organize your equipment for loadout. So I, I think it's important, one, to think about all the things that you have that make you more capable, make you survive for a longer period of time for your family, but have it on person or have it readily accessible. That includes the trunk of your vehicle. That includes by, you know, the, the your front door. So your family knows where it's at. They could grab it and they could throw it on your back like a rucksack, which you can with our bags. Yep. Um, you could double shoulder strap it and then and then go about your business with capability versus just winging it. You don't want to wing it. Okay, because that's all important to know. Because uh, you know, obviously, we've been on for nine. This is our ninth year on air at this point. Uh, I did an episode Congrats. way back. Thank you. I did an episode way back in the day about this, and I had a listener hit me up who said, "Hey, dude, if you need to get rid of a body, um, he's got 130 acres. I won't say which state it's in, but he goes, I, we can put that motherfucker in a in a vat of acid. Like, I think you'd be all good, and we could also get rid of the car here too." And it's just nice to have that option because I don't know what state of mind I'm going to be in at all times. And I want to, I want to get ready to go, you know? Yeah. If you're going to line out, we, we preach this at Philcraft. If you're going to line out the best way to be prepared. It's a community of assets or a community of serial killers. Because if you have people who know how to get it done, um, they're deep, they're dark, and they're available. I mean, these people are likely going to be in your friend group, uh, you, you specifically, that you could lean on. I, I think assets come in different forms. And, you know, that's why, like I have Tim Kennedy as one of my assets. He's a he's a 200-pound gorilla that will monkey stomp you to death, but also um, um, feed you and take care of you at night. Like, you'll rub your feet if you're, if you're injured. And so, like, you want to have a community of assets, not liabilities. If you have liabilities, cut them out of your life immediately. I mean, that's the, the best advice I can give on assets. I 100% agree. And by the way, I've had this conversation with Tim. Tim lives right up the road, and you know he's a homie in real life. And he goes, look, I'm in, and we can facilitate this, and I can help and everything else. He's always there. Like, Tim is always there. I agree. Like, you've got to have a certain amount of friends and everything else. Uh, I'm going to slide it. Let's just keep going downhill today and get darker then. Um, with that community of assets that you're talking about, um, all these fucking badasses and all this shit that are around the country. Uh, let's take Trump, for example. Um, if he were to actually go to jail, they're, they're saying one of these trials is going to start in March. Let's say they did put him in jail before the election. Dan and I have been talking about this for the last two weeks. Would there actually be a civil war with a bunch of guys like Tim and you and people out there who would be like, you know what, this country's gone too fucking far, and now I'm ready to fight and, and rally up? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. But um, if we're looking at civil war, we have to remember that a civil war is an overt war it, slash conventional war. And if you took me and you took uh, uh, Tim and you took some Evan and Andy, these guys who have profound special operations backgrounds, the war that we were fighting was more unconventional. It was more irregular. So, sure. There will be people 
getting involved in conventional ideology. Um, they would go out, they would want the overt confrontation. That's not how you win wars. You win wars by subversion, sabotage, unconventional means. And a lot of that you don't advertise, you don't see, and it's what's happening behind the scene. It's the reason the Office of Strategic um, um, Services did so well behind enemy lines and building partisan and auxiliary forces because they were doing it behind enemy lines. I mean, there, there, were, there were military operations that were conducted and historically referenced where there were already operators on the ground doing the thing. So you won't find me on the streets anywhere besides my own street where my family's located and defending and protecting what I love most. Um, I think a civil war in the modern sense for uh, the young man who wants to get some because he's involved in, in all of this uh, uh, virtue signaling online, Sure, you can have that. But Mike Glover is going to be at home protecting what he loves most because I have a family to protect. And I'm also going to be doing things underground and building auxiliary and partisan forces where in numbers, unattributed, we can get a lot of work done that doesn't need to be advertised. Yeah, so I, I had this conversation with Dan and I feel the exact same way because I think it would start with protecting your your home first your community, and your friends that are closest to you. Um, going back to what you said about assets, I agree with that. Um, we have enough of those in Texas that are relatively close to all of us. And I'm not talking just the studio, but I'm talking uh, in proximity of where we live and everything else. Um, since the media is talking about this all the time, and we have as well with the Civil War element of it, is that the type of people who would get involved in something like this where it's younger dudes who are just like, yeah, dude, I, I, it's my time to fucking get some and I'm down there? Or would the, the government be able to stamp this out pretty quick? Stop yeah, the government is con- the, the government's constrained by their, their task org. I mean, the, the task organization of the government is small. And, and you have to ask yourself this question. Um, which applies everywhere. It applies to Border Patrol on the border. It applies to law enforcement officers in communities. If something is happening where there's civil unrest and people's innocent lives are at risk, which typically obviously happens at civil unrest, where are those officers going to be? Especially when they're designated in a role and responsibility to do a specific thing they don't agree with morally, where do you think they're going to be? Where I would advocate that most of them that I train and know would literally be at home doing the same, protecting what they love most. And then they would get together and organize themselves to protect themselves. They wouldn't be the, you know, the black boot up your ass. And 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 I want to be very clear about this. There are a lot of good people in government, but there are also a lot of shitty. But most of the shitty people in government are over the age of 75. And so when you look at all the legacy um, government representatives that really are evil and doing dumb shit, are you going to get in a gunfight with them? I mean, it wouldn't last long. Mm-hmm. So it's like, who are you fighting? And so unless we're fighting a foreign adversary, I think the idea of civil war, although grandiose and um, a fantasy for most people that think about these things, um, that would not be the campaign against each other. It potentially would be the campaign against a foreign adversary, which I think is more likely when you're looking at complete and utter national chaos especially with all the things going on with Russia, China, et cetera. Yeah. Um, you know, my thing as the days keep ticking by here and we're heading closer to this election is uh, I traditionally, you know, always have 
uh, voted Republican and uh, and everything else, and I will continue to do so no matter who the candidate is because I align most with those those ideals, right? Um, but more and more, I'm finding hatred for Republican officials just as much as fucking Democrats at this point, and especially in the the war hawk bullshit that's going on with funding Ukraine and Israel and everything else besides the border. Like, all those 22 Republican senators who voted for that bullshit need to be ousted, as well as the Democrats and everything else. I just don't know how you start over when there's so many fucking problems. Uh, and by, by problems, I mean the people that are in office right now on the right and the left without some form of civil war or something like that. Yeah, I think you're totally right. I mean, the reality is the Republican Party as a whole is greatly divided. I mean, the Democrats, out of the few things they get right, is at least they're united. They have a united front. We seem to be partitioned in our ideology. As an independent myself, who's voted mostly or all the time conservative, Mm -hmm. um, I, I look at Trump and I think Trump is the greatest hope we have for radical change because we need extreme radical change. That includes term limits. I I think there should be a term limit. I think the American society as a whole agrees in term limits because the last two representatives um, to break the record were Biden and Trump the last election cycle. Mm -hmm. And now we're here four years later in November and they've again broke the record. It's like, I mean, I don't know many 80-year-olds, period, that are cognitively tuned into what things that are going on. So uh, I I think the best chance we have is Trump. And then that would mitigate a lot of the risks that we have to each other. But again, at the end of the day, remember the whole point of our system is one, we we're, we're, we're decentralized and united based on states, their demographic, their culture, and their own sovereignty. And so that's why we have very specific laws and very specific constitutions. As long as we're following the U.S. Constitution, these states have their own deals, especially Texas. And so you look at Texas, Utah, these uh, re- these Republican and conservative bastions for the world. It's like we are not going to flex. We are not going to uh, fold. The best chance we have is like locking down our states and then us governing ourselves and then kind of like pushing the government out. And so you won't see a civil war in Utah. I mean, what's the war? Many you'll see it on the front doorsteps between Virginia, Maryland, um, going into D.C. But like, what's the campaign in war? I'm very satisfied what's going on here in Utah for for rare exception. So I just think the idea isn't even geographically aligned with how the civil war unfolded in 1860. Right. I, I think Dan's point was uh, like, let's say it was Trump. Right. And, and he was at Mar-a-Lago and he just said, hey, I'm at Mar-a-Lago. Everybody come down and protect um, this super sweet hotel. Uh, I, I think that's where it would start around. And then, you know, you would try to defend Florida or whatever it is. Right. Which uh, not terrible, I think. But that's why you're here. Uh, would ships be able to get in? <laughs> I would imagine down in Florida. Like, <laughs> The government coming in. I mean, you know, you think about that type of shit. You're like, all right, cool, because it seems like we are getting closer to potentially uh, one of these trials going off or something like that. So, um, yeah, I think Mar-a-Lago would be ground zero for this shit. Yeah, that let's let's just call it like BLM and Antifa. Nobody calls that uh, what it is, but it's it, it's basically labeled civil unrest. That kind of scenario, in my opinion, would be labeled civil unrest. Because it would be very narrow in scope. 
Um, not to say it wouldn't be big because it could potentially be disastrous, but again, the people of Utah, people of uh, Wyoming, Idaho, Montana, and Texas, our priorities and how would we be involved in certain things going on has a lot to do with geographical consideration. You're not getting my ass out of the mountains to come to D.C. to do anything. Um, I mean, on, on, on J6, people are like, are you going to go? And I'm like, bro, I have I have diapers to change and <laughs> kids to feed. Like, I don't have time to hold a fucking picket, fit, uh, picket sign to, to protest anything. There's more things I could do in campaigning for my cell phone than standing my ass anywhere near the Capitol. And I don't want anything to do with that shit. And so uh, luckily for me, the Utah priorities and my personal priorities weighed over that. But I could see something like that becoming more of an issue, especially if they put Trump in jail. I mean, can you can you freaking imagine? I mean, no, that would, in my opinion, bring everybody out, all the people you were talking about and everybody else out. Um, And I'm with you on the J6 thing like zero. Does I got three kids, bro. Uh, You know, I got a one year old. I don't have time to protest. I got three businesses and all that stuff. I don't have time to protest um, and hold a sign and think that that's going to change the world. It isn't. Um, and I look at the same way who are protesting, the people who are protesting uh, Israel-Palestine and all that other shit, you know, in, in Westlake, in, in L.A., where you're just like, cool, you're outside of a Whole Foods thinking you're going to start, you know, have a ceasefire. <laughs> now, that's yeah. not going to happen either. Um, and then I also agree with you, you know, on the Democrats, like, say what you will. We make fun of the people on the fucking left all the time on this show, but God damn it, are they united? Um, even in whatever fucked up ideal it is, they're united. You take when Trump was in office and he was, you know, build the wall, build the wall, which we actually needed to do and we still need to do. And immigration is, is one of the chief concerns here that could flip this election in November. Uh, they were against it and they got everybody in. They were crying outside the cages with, you know, the kids and AOC and all that other shit. Their guy gets in in 2020 and now we have the worst, you know, immigration crisis in the history of our country Nobody said a goddamn word, but they are all united on it. Um, I think the only person I've heard from, ironically, is Fetterman. Hey, you guys from the world's dumbest state actually say, hey, guys, I don't want these motherfuckers, these grimy motherfuckers coming up here to Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. Like, I like my state. I don't want this happening here. But he's the only one right now um, from that side who's even said shit like that. And I don't know what it is behind the scenes. Is there a secret discord that they're all on where it's just like, all right, guys, good for good or bad, we're all in on this fucking shitty party and we're going to ride this to the end here. Whereas the Republicans, I agree with you, are so fractured where you have this super, you know, you have the alt-right, which is, you know, Q and all that other bullshit off the deep end there. And then you have everybody else who's pretty moderate and all that other stuff. But the war element, I can't figure out. Um, you take Dan Crenshaw, who's uh, you know one of our state congressmen down here. He keeps voting for this bullshit over and over again to send money to Ukraine and uh, uh, and Israel. And it's like, bro, you you live here, you see what the border's like, and you have you don't want to vote for any of that shit. It it drives me nuts, um, and I I can't fucking stand it. But I don't know how you unite a party when they're probably all getting paid by super PACs and everything else to promote this shit. And obviously everybody's going to make a bunch of money off the military uh, industrial complex anyway. So what do you do and what do you tell the Republicans here? Yeah, I always tell the story, especially uh, as it relates to like, we'll call it double dipping. I mean, it it used to be considered nearly a crime to work a part-time job and be in the military. I mean, I remember when I was a staff sergeant uh, in SF, as a young Green Beret, 
I wanted to make extra money. So I put in a request to JAG, the judge advocate, basically the lowering system and, and legal system for the, the military, and try to get me approved to work part-time as a bouncer at a local bar because I can get paid decently and, and then you know make some extra money while I was going through training. That was completely denied. Not only uh, was it denied, it was called a conflict of interest. And so when you have a politician that literally makes millions of dollars in a portfolio as outlined by his personal uh, relationships and political affiliations, that's not good, but no. we allow it. Like, why the fuck? Why would a staff sergeant or a private Navy Second Airborne Division who wants to work and become better or make more money for his family be constrained and restricted? But if you're a politician, politician, it's free fucking game. And so that those that legal construct is a quick policy change, but it takes somebody to get in the weeds and go, hey, what are the guidelines here? What can we create? to stop and fix a lot of these issues that we're facing. And I don't think it's that hard. And, and I am disappointed in some of these uh, politicians who I think are getting in for the right reasons, but seemingly you see them reporting how much they've earned over time. You're like, what are they doing? And, and, and to your point, you know, $95.3 billion. When you look at the wall build, the wall build was $20 billion allocated over a 10-year period. The wall build was about 2,000 miles of Mexican-American um, uh, border. We could have paid for the Mexican-American border, the Canadian-American border, and had 3,000 miles left over with how much we spent in the war of, in Gaza, the war in Ukraine, and then all of the people were supporting all over the region and $95.3 billion of taxpayers' money. Like, guys, we're not printing this money and it's just being dumped. I mean, with the, with the uh, trillions of dollars of deficit, we technically are. But this is your money. So people are listening to this who are like, well, whatever. It's like, dude, that's your fucking money. Mm -hmm. That's the money that you work very hard for that's not going to a border, that's not going to the law enforcement agencies to protect your, your community. That is going to fucking peddle and create more chaos and war. And we just got done with a 20-year lesson of this that ended very poorly in Afghanistan and Iraq. And we're literally saying, let's just double down. We might as fucking well. And, and lastly, I thought the Democrats stood were very anti-war. And they stood for like, we need to question everything. And it's like, they're more than ever doubling down on fucking everything. And then you get this partition of the Republican Party doing the same. I'm all about special operations and small forces killing all the bad guys throughout the world. Global pursuit, that's, that's their job. But getting conventional forces, getting American taxpayer dollars and more campaigning of war and conflict that doesn't have an end solution because there's no fucking coherent strategy. That's a fucking problem. And we're going to eat that shit sandwich. Actually, not you, not me, but your ch children are going to eat that sh shit sandwich 20 years down the road. Yeah, I agree, which is, you know, why I'm hoping to, to sell the seltzer company one day in case they are faced with that or they're just dumb people in general. Because let's face it, uh, I'll never know. We'll never know which which genes they got. If they got mine, great. Uh, if they got my wife's, we're in trouble, obviously. I'm kidding. Hope she's not watching this. We're <laughs> in the studio today. But uh, I like the, the in all sincerity, I, I live in that space, too, of like. As a father and a provider and a husband and all that stuff, I want to make as, as much money as I possibly can and hopefully set up their future. 
So if they do, like, you know, encounter these problems or a horrific depression or whatever the fuck it's going to be, unless Papa, you know, Papa Bear left some money for him and it's like, great. Um, hopefully you spend this wisely and are able to, to go on and then fix the world. But, you know, as far as like sitting down with uh, generations of my family over the years, I've asked them these questions and they were like, you know, yes, you have uh, all the problems that we have now. Um, and it's in your face because of social media and all that stuff. But let's face it, like, you know, talking about my, we'll go back to the 40s with my great grandfather, my, uh, my grandfather. Uh, he was in World War II. He was like, bro, we were in World War II at that point, you know? Next generation father. We were in Vietnam. You had civil rights. You had all the other stuff. Uh, next generation after that was like, all right, great. We had this shit with Iran. And, uh, and then, boom, Afghanistan and all the other stuff. Like, these problems pro- probably won't ever go away. Um, it's just different and it's in your face more on social media today. So I don't ever see a total collapse, but you know, I could see a fractured party and eventually everybody splitting off, uh, and some type of North or South sitch. Yeah, that's, I think the, the overall fear for most Americans, um, which I think is dialed into just survival instincts is a lot more information is available. We're, we're getting that information pumped to us through algorithms, through our social media feeds, on our cell phone. Um, but that could be a good thing if you handle it the right way. Right way. You could partition that information. You could kind of set yourself up and be prepared for an uncertain future. Um, but when I look at all of these things unfolding, what I realize is, like you said, it's not going away, but seemingly it's making us less resilient, which means if one major thing happens, then it doesn't just fracture, it breaks, right? We're, we're past the fracturing point. My, my greatest analogy here, because it's your show, is like a boner in the dike. Yeah. So your finger's a good opt-in because it's rigid and you, you plugged it and you can hold your hand there like the boy did for an extended period of time. You take your boner and you put it in a dike you have to have real focus. You you can't slip and think about that one big girl that you ran into at the bar in the 80s. Yeah. You have to like concentrate and focus. And if you're flaccid and you're weak at any point <laughs> completely, you're drowning and so is everybody else. So the point is you don't want to be flaccid. You want to you want to stay in the game, but you want to build resilience. And and that resilience is your finger. It's not your boner. So in this great analogy that I've lined out for you, I just think we are, we are fracturing with uh, the boner yeah. and we're not prepared to maintain focus. And, and I don't know if that's turned people off or on, but I, it's the greatest analogy I have on your show. Cause it's your show. Speaking of boners though, um, you know, we can change that and we can have rock hard boners in the future, but obviously that's going to start with training, uh, what we eat, how we work out, how we prepare ourselves every day. Um, your app has really taken off here. Obviously, uh, you guys are a sponsor on the show, the Fieldcraft Survival app there. Uh, tell everybody what's on it. So everything. I mean, a lot of people, when they think preparedness, they think the pistol and the waistband because it, it's the coolest component. I, I agree. It's cool. It's fun. Um, but it's also one one thousandth of of the overall education and information you need in all things preparedness. So imagine a place where you can go where 
you could take a training course with me on how to hold a pistol, how to shoot a pistol, um, integrating the pistol into your life in everyday carry considerations, home defense, family preparedness, uh, how you could potentially homeschool your kids. Um, what are ways that you could start a fire? Primitive survival tactics. All of these things tethered into one application that gives you all the education and then hopefully inspires you to go out and do the same. You know, a lot of the things that I teach on the app specifically, I want you to like take your cell phone to the range, sit it down and go through a protocol with me. I want you to take the cell phone down and um, go over a primitive survival tactic with Kevin Estella or, you know, Miss Amber L. She's the expert at family preparedness. I want you to learn how to can and jar food. All these things are tethered to the education in the app, and it's available wherever apps are found. We've worked really hard on apps. They're difficult. They suck. Mm -hmm. um, but we we put out a lot of content on the app, and then we constantly are looking to improve that and grab subject matter experts and get their expertise on the app as well, including you know Jocko, uh, Evan Hafer, all, Andy Stump, all these people who are on our app as well. I think the biggest thing we get from our listeners, um, because everybody loves the app, everybody's using the app, uh, promo code Drinking Bros 30 uh, will get you 30 days free over there. Boom, had to slide that in today, obviously. Uh, and for the annual subscription, you'll get 35% off your annual subscription using the code Drinking Bros 35 over at the Field Craft Survival app. It's time. So our listeners are always saying time of like, Mike, there's not enough time in the day how much time should you spend weekly uh, working on things like going to the range or, uh, or, or on the app and making yourself a better person and being more prepared in case one of these disasters actually happens? It's a great, great question. I, I think most significantly, we have, from the very beginning, have taught preparedness to be integrated in your life as a lifestyle and not a hobby which means it has to be fun. It has to be extracurricular. This can't be like ta taxing, daunting, fear-mongering shit. You can't literally just get scared to death and go in and go, I'm going to go in the basement and focus on this preparedness skill set. It's like, honey, what are you doing? It's like, I don't want to be bothered. Leave me alone. It's like, that's not a world in which we want to convey preparedness. It is, hey, you, you want to go camping with your family. Well, create constraints. Hey, kids, whatever you pack out in your backpack, is what we're gonna have to survive on for two days in the backcountry or at the campsite. Hey, we're gonna go on an overland trip and travel. Oh, we gotta load this thing out. Let's load it out like Phil Kraft recommends with a loadout gear with first aid and survival being the staples. And then let's go have fun. Like when you independently recreate, when you go out off grid to get away from people, because typically you don't recreate to get closer to people when you're doing things with your family or yourself, you're building a lot of the principles and concepts and capability that you need for preparedness, for being better prepared. So we have a lot of ways that you could integrate that in living your best prepared life that don't have to feel daunting. It starts with YouTube, podcast, the Philcraft Survival app, it constantly reinforcing our messaging. But we want you to go out and have fun, and it, I, I want you to live it. I don't want you just to allocate like an hour or two. I want you to say, hey, I do jujitsu. I take TCCC courses on the weekends. I shoot with the range at the range with my family. I go overlanding and camping. We do all those things at Philcraft. We teach you how to do it better, and that is going to make you better prepared. Kids, we got some sponsors that put this shit wagon on the air. First and foremost, 
firstform.com forward slash drinking bros. Here it is. Here's the box. All right. It's on YouTube. You can see it. It sits on my desk right next to my computer every single day. It's got those micro factors, dog. Uh, the six essentials you need to uh, just to operate your body, dude, on a daily basis here. All right. Let's face it. We all don't eat the way we want to work out the way we want to every single day. However, you can take a bag of these uh, vitamins every day and at least feel better about yourself. It is key to get the essentials inside your body on a daily basis. What's in the micro factors, you ax? Well, you got the antioxidants, you got the CoQ10s, the multivitamins, the fruits and veggies, the probiotics, and the EFAs in here. The good stuff. It's for your guts, it's for your mind, it's for your hearts, keeps the blood pumping, and you're good to go. Your your pee will be bright, bright yellow about 40 minutes later, so you know that it's working and you know that it's healthy. While you're over on firstform.com forward slash drinking bros, check out the energy drinks. Uh, Best in the biz, in my opinion. Uh, Gigantic fan of those guys. We order them to the office. They're always gone within like 48, 72 hours. Uh, And also check out their protein sticks. Their breakfast sausages are my go-to in the morning, right around mid-afternoon if I need a little snack, doing three or four shows a day. Gigantic fan of firstform.com forward slash drinking bros. And right now, you can get uh, free shipping on orders over $75.00. Over there. Next up, we got hardafseltzer.com. Let's go, baby. Uh, We're currently live in Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, Ohio, and Texas right now. North Carolina, we're we're also live on the, uh, the ocean side, all right? Don't hit me up from Raleigh or Asheville and be like, hey, we're not there yet. It's two different distributors. We got to lock in that one uh, next we're working on it, all right? We're a small bootstrapping company. However, we are in 1,500 locations, and uh, we just got into the, the HEBs here in Texas. Uh, we're in every single total wine, pretty much in, in all the southeast right now, all the Piggly Wigglies in Alabama. We're in that total wine in Wilmington, North Carolina, uh, and we're in a lot of your favorite bars and restaurants as well. Uh, in Wilmington, we're in all the brunches out there. We're in Risk Whiskey Creek Trail, uh, which is one of my favorites uh, whenever I go back home uh, there. And, yes, that is my home. Uh, those buffalo chicken tendies, dog. I can eat those every single night at Whiskey Creek. Uh, big fan of those guys. Uh, if you're uh, watching the Daytona 500 uh, today, let's say you're in Columbus, Ohio, go to the uh, short north. Uh, it's uh, the Pint House there. Big fan of that sports bar, Urban Myers. Uh, Pint House there in the sh- in in Dublin, Ohio, is fantastic as well. Uh, and then we're live pretty much on most of the big campuses. So like Tuscaloosa, University of Alabama, we're there at uh, Ramajama, uh, Corks and Tops, uh, Auburn, where it's a uh, Tiger Liquors over there. We're at University Liquors on uh, University of Tennessee, ABC Liquors at uh, University of Georgia there, and then UCF at Pat's Liquors down there. Go to hardafseltzer.com, click on the store locator, enter your city or zip, and it'll take you to the closest location nearest you, or we still ship right to your house if you're not in one of those states or one of the surrounding states at hardafseltzer.com. Last but not least, we've got Ketone IQ. 
Boom, the box is on my desk. The empty box was from yesterday. Uh, love Ketone IQ. That's available at hvmn.com slash drinking bros. Use the promo code drinking bros for 30% off your monthly subscription over there. We get them shipped right to the office. Uh, by the way, they're sitting right next to you guys over there. So if you want to take a box with you, feel free. Uh, right underneath your feet. Big, big fan of these guys. Uh, I have a shot every single day. Uh, what is it? It's like a, a just a clean energy boosting shot there. No caffeine, no sugar, so you're not going to crash uh, later. Um, the DOD just sunk a, a ton of money into these guys, uh, so they're using them for uh, the troops overseas right now. Tour de France is using it. It is not a keto product, by the way, um, so don't think just because of the name it is. Uh, but it doesn't have sh- sugars in it, which is nice, and, uh, and no caffeine. And my God, man. Shit's like a fucking blast to the brain. Uh, typically lasts me about three to four hours, and I'm good to go. I only take one a day. I know Dan takes two, uh, but I, I like to I like to keep it at one. All right, I don't need to be on that level all day long, or else people would think I'm fucking crazy. Uh, go to hvmn.com/slash/drinkingbros today. Use the promo code drinkingbros for thirty percent off your subscription. And I think that's why your app is so successful and you as a person are so successful is you make all of it seem fun, whereas a lot of these people don't. Um, you know, I follow or I, I see people on Instagram who are pumping whatever shit and motivation and everything else, and you're just like, cool. Uh, one, I don't believe it. You actually live the life, so I believe you. Two, uh, everything you're doing seems fun and accessible on your app. Uh, case in point, let's, let's take my kids, for example, uh, and the jujitsu that you just brought up. Uh, both of them, uh, my five-year-old and my nine-year-old, uh, have been in jujitsu uh, for a while now. My oldest didn't really like it with his uh, uh, past instructor. Uh, we moved. We got a new place. And now he loves it just because of the instructors is different. And he's able to have fun with him. And now he enjoys it more, whereas he didn't really used to. And I think that's the difference between what you do and what a lot of other people do, where it's like, no offense, I just don't enjoy like the Mike or the uh, the David Goggins approach where it's right in your fucking face like that. Screaming, whereas you're a fun, lighthearted guy. Yes, you're a killer inside. And I, I fear you in real life, but, uh, y- you know, you do it with a smile on your face and uh, and that shines in all your videos. Yeah, I appreciate that. We, we tried really hard in building relationships and rapport through the right messaging. I mean, I, I, I have never been a big fan of conventional ways of doing things, um, especially in communicating to people, because I grew up in a military four years in the infantry that was so conventional. It turned me off. It's one of the reasons I went to special operations, because I wanted to uh, break down barriers, not reinforce obstacles myself. And so I think it's important to also understand I am not the subject matter expert at everything. You know, I, I have a very, very narrow line of experience and focus. A Green Beret is not going to tell you every, teach you everything he he has to know and it's going to apply. It, it, you have to have a pool of resources, of experts that come from different walks of life because being prepared is not just the defense or security aspect of it. We always think, Preparedness is like the worst doom and gloom and then the way you shoot, move, and communicate. That could be a component of it, but it's like what happens when that gunfight's over? 99% of most operators' jobs is all the things that lead up to the actual 1% of them doing their job right and ending up on top. So that requires uh, relationships. It requires a team. It requires different experts and different things. 
And so I, I think I hope people look at Philcraft and the app as a conduit to reach out to those relationships of things they want to learn because the EDC pistol guy is not going to be into the tourniquet because it's not as cool. But hopefully he, he bridges that gap and goes, oh, maybe I should be overall prepared in this spectrum of preparedness Mike keeps talking about. Yeah, and uh, the cool thing about your app, too, is it's uh, it's better than AAA because if you get fucked up somewhere, sometimes they just won't come and get you. Uh, that happened to me recently with a, with a blowout uh, on a tire in my car during the middle of a storm. They were like, hey, bro, we can't send anybody there for like three or four hours. And I was like, all right, cool, man. I'm going to get out and figure this the fuck out. You've got all that stuff on there. Um, and some would say it's, it's more valuable than just calling a number that, look, you don't know if the person on the other end is actually going to help you out. Yeah, we have like basic um, vehicle maintenance, mm-hmm. Mike Hernandez. I mean, uh, it's, we hope it's like the offline maps on whatever map software, Onyx, Garmin, whatever you're using. It's like when you get into a situation where you're off grid and you don't have the tethered network, well, you have the offline imagery and that helps you navigate. We hope our content, which you could download as well, is the offline reference or the online reference that you utilize to kind of improve your levels of preparedness. You know, I, I recommend everybody, if you don't have a book collection, start a book collection. Um, start with a book I wrote on preparedness um, called Prepared, a, a manual for work, uh, surviving worst case scenarios. But I think about the app that way. It is a point of reference for you to be able to constantly revisit and get all of this information from these experts with all of this, this, this massive industry that is preparedness or survival and get it into a narrow scope onto one app. Yeah, I, I like the idea of books too because uh, I just my wife's car, uh, the lease was up, so we got her a new car, uh, and and I was cleaning out the car at the dealership and getting everything out of there, uh, and there wasn't anything in the glove compartment, there wasn't anything in the center console or any of that stuff, and it got me thinking. I was like, shit, back in the day, you know, when I first started driving and everything else, we had a map. Um, we had a huge roadmap of the entire United States. You had one for your the state you were living in, uh, and you didn't have the electronics and all that other bullshit to to guide you along the way. Apple Maps or Google Maps, if you're one of the poor people who uses Androids and you're a green texter, um, we didn't have that shit. And I look at it and I was like, man, if I wasn't with her, uh, let's say when the you know we we had the incident with the car and, and the blowout and all that other shit. Uh, would she know what to do if there was no cell phone service, if you couldn't uh, plug a map into the, the dashboard and all that other shit? I think carrying a, a book like yours is almost mandatory at this point because it is going to happen, um, and you just don't know what day, and that's, that's the biggest issue, so you really do need to be prepared. Um, what type of kits should everybody carry with them in their car? Yeah, we recommend a base of survival and first aid. We think you know, first aid, whether it's a natural man-made catastrophe, you're going to have casualties. I mean, that's just the nature of disasters, period. So have enough equipment to stop the bleed, treat injury, and sustain them for whatever upgraded level of care you have. And do that for everybody in your family at a minimum. So, you know, a lot of people carry one tourniquet on their person. It's like you got four extremities. If you're in an accident and everybody's in your vehicle, well, that's a lot of extremities. That one tourniquet is not going to get it done. So have more, you know, have a more adaptable system. And when it comes to the base of survival, I think it's common sense. I mean, if you're isolated, like I'm, for my next YouTube video, me and the team are going out and I'm doing a 72 hour challenge. I'm living in a land cruiser in the back country by myself with my dog. 
for 72 hours with no supplies except what I typically carry on my person, mm-hmm. which is in my fanny pack. So, you know, my first aid kit is not necessarily going to get it done. It's like, how do I adapt? Survival as a baseline, you need to have the ability to start a fire that's for signal, but most significantly maintaining your core body temperature. Also, um, have the ability to communicate, signal. Um, a lot of people don't think about this, but if the infrastructure fails, what are your alternate means of communication? It could be sat-based iridium. It could be line of sight radio communication. It could be ham radio over relay. Have that combo and have it stuffed in a Faraday bag. Like silent SLNT makes a good Faraday bag. Stuff it in that bag. Stuff it into your combo section of your loadout, and that's going to prepare you. Last but certainly not least, environmental factors. You know, if you live in Florida, your considerations in Montana are very different. But if you live in Montana and you don't have a cold weather bivy sack, where you could retain your and your family's uh, core body temperatures over a period of time, you're wrong. Um, lastly, uh, when I look at uh, food and, and and water, guys, food is going to kill you in 30 days. It, it, for me, I'm, I'm you cut me, I'm like made of gravy. I'll bleed gravy because I'm I'm such a, a patriotic American. I love I love food. If you're thinking about food, think about it in sustaining your ability to think through problems, glycogen. Uh, cliff bars. Those are going to help. I need my blood sugar to be balanced to make good decisions. But water is very important. You'll die in three days if you don't have water. I'll die in an hour if I don't have water. Having the ability to procure, uh, which means acquire, purify, and filtrate are important. I like those little grails where you can push down and filtrate through the water. Use it as a cross vessel to load up your blivets and bladders and shit. Uh, that's going to be the best way to, uh, to think about survival. There's so much more of this. Um, we have it all available on our uh, YouTube channel, uh, the Phil Craft Survival Channel. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, are you by Salt Lake City? I- I'm 40 minutes south of Salt Lake City. Okay, because you were talking about family. Uh, I do recommend if there is uh, you know, some form of incident up by there uh, to head over to uh, 2272 South 1300 East in Salt Lake City. Um, that is the closest Olive Garden near you up there, and uh, they'll protect you and your whole family. And then they'll also treat you like family while you're there, um, and you can load up on food for the kids and all that other stuff. In, ca- in case there's a blizzard or whatever happens up there, um, that's just for you to take home with you and some of the audience members as well who live in the Utah area. Uh, now's the point in the show we get to the drinking bro of the week, which is someone who has inspired you or helped you become the person you are today. Who would you like to give the drinking bro of the week to? Um, let, let me lump this up because they're so young. My children, I mean, my kids, um, inspire me every single day. I homeschool my kids. Uh, I'm working a new schedule with my ex on having them four days a week, Monday through Thursday. And I will literally be doing their teaching until I, I feel like I'm out of my element. Um, so probably kindergarten or maybe first grade. Sure. Um, but, but every single day they inspire me because they make me realize how important all the things that I'm talking about are not important for me, but important for my family. Like I don't prepare for me because I'm a selfish fucking bastard. But when I look at my kids, I realize they cannot fend for themselves and they're in an uncertain world and daddy needs to handle business. So the way I handle business is by advocating for this, by teaching it and by living it. 
And that inspiration wouldn't come if I was a single prick who didn't give a fuck. And there's a lot of those. Um, but uh, every every morning I wake up and look at those kids in the face and uh, they hug their daddy. I know why I'm in this. And uh, I hope that is an incentive for others to also get involved. It should be. Uh, look, if you have kids out there, it, it should be your only incentive uh, because that's the only thing we're, we're really leaving behind here. Uh, always awesome to have you on the show. You're welcome back anytime, obviously. Um, tell everybody where they can find you and how to download the Fieldcraft Survival app. Everywhere apps are found, you just put in Fieldcraft Survival. We have good ratings. We have a good reputation online. You can uh, download it. You can try it. You can get the 30-day uh, access uh, through Drinking Bros. And then everywhere where you find um, content, even Twitter, we're on. So if you just put Fieldcraft Survival uh, that's YouTube, the podcast, uh, across the board. You could find some piece of free, valuable education in this world. And then all of my social media stuff, uh, typically I'm most active on YouTube. That's Mike Glover Actual. I do a show every week called Prepared. And I'm also going to start doing gear reviews, which is in high demand, um, and, and specifically targeting things that make you better prepared. Uh, so I'll be doing a lot of that, unaffiliated, uh, not sponsored, of course, Um to give you a non-biased opinion on the best gear, that's Mike Glover Actual on YouTube. That's awesome, yeah, because I see those ads on Instagram and Facebook and all that shit all the time, and I was like, man, is that as cool as it looks? Uh, I need you to break that down for me, and uh, and then I'll make a decision financially after that whether or not I want this piece of shit. You know what I'm saying? Of course. that's the, that's You should do that. <laughs> all right. I know men don't say this enough to one another, Mike, but I love you, okay? I love you. I love you so love much. You. I love you so much, Mike, and I appreciate you okay. being here on the show today. I love you. Tell Dan to once his gonorrhea test or it's AIDS. Back. It's AIDS. No, it's AIDS. It's, oh, he's so in AIDS. San Francisco. AIDS. It's it's an AIDS thing. Um, same Sorry. doctor. He's. I think he's the same doctors as Harvey Milk. Um, so oh. they should they should be good. He should be good. Should be. Yeah, they're called uh, milk specialists up there. So um, you know. <laughs> What? They got to drain him first and then really, you know, find the good stuff in there. Uh, Thanks, buddy. We appreciate it. We got some listeners here in the studio. Come on up for Drinking Bro of the Week. You bought me a huge bottle of Maker's Mark here. Come on over. There it is. We appreciate it. Uh, Mike, I know you're busy. You You can bounce if you want to. We love you, buddy. I see you, man. I appreciate you. All right. Look at you. Look at this fine young specimen that just walked up on the show. Uh, put that mic about an inch from your face there. You got oh, the right defund there. politicians. Oh, yeah. There we go. Oh, T-shirt yeah. on. Let's go, dude. Welcome to the show. What's your name? Thanks, man. I'm Larry. Larry. Yep. Is that real name? It is. I'm uh, the only guy under 50 with that name. I, I was going to so, say, man, yeah. I haven't met a Larry in yeah. a long time. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm one of the few. Gary's kid. Uh, that big... That World's biggest piece of shit, Gary Faust. I think his kid's name is Larry, uh, but he's never seen him, so I've never <laughs> met him. If he's never met him, I've never met the goddamn kid. Uh, where are you from? Fort Worth. No shit, yep. dude. Yep. Why didn't you come sooner? Uh, man, I've been wanting to for a couple of years now. I you just fucking making dirt it down bag, here, you know? Dude. I know it. I know it. We've got a tasting uh, today in Dallas, actually, for Hardy F. Seltzer at Total Wine um, in Dallas right now from 4 to 7, and then H-E-B Saturday up there. 
Um, so we're we're starting to grow in the Dallas area. So I don't want to hear it. I don't need any DMs anymore. Well, I, I can't get hard AF at the Total Wine near me. Uh, it's sold it's, out. It's always sold out. Yeah, we, it's it's back in stock now. I, a thousand cases just went out. I think this morning. Nice. So you're good to go there. Have to go uh, pick some up. Absolutely, man. Um, look, we appreciate you stopping by. Is that your wife with you? That is my beautiful wife there. There yes. you go. Yep. There you go. Outkicked your coverage. I Smart did. man. Absolutely. That's what you have to do. Um, and here's why. And this is for her. That way it makes us work harder to keep up with you. Like, I got to keep up with my wife and all that other shit. So it's like, all right, I can't be a, a fat piece of shit or she's going to leave me. So that, when you, when you marry up like that, it helps you later on in life. It does. It does. Uh, who do you want to give the drinking bro of the week to? I actually want to give it to an organization. Okay, good. Um, Fire away. Yeah. It's uh, Defenders of Freedom. Um, okay. It is a veterans organization that treats TBI. Uh, does a lot of good. It's helped a lot of veterans. And uh, actually, I was hoping to use this platform to... I was hoping Dan was going to be here, but we've really been trying to get in touch with us. Fuck off, dude. Tyler, Tyler I'm Vargas. here. I was trying to get in touch with Tyler I'm Vargas. I'm slaving away, <laughs> busting my balls wide open all day for the people of the world. And you're like, you know, I was really hoping Dan was here today. <laughs> Drinking a whole twelve pack of hard AF seltzer. Yeah, that's that sounded like, a lot you know more what, man? dickish. This was awesome, but uh, really wish Dan was here. You know? Well, uh, um, no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> uh, no, Defenders of Freedom like really is uh, trying to get in touch with him. Uh, wants to uh, provide brain treatment uh, if he wants it. Just tell him what it's all about to him. Does and, he uh, want brain treatment? Uh, Tyler Vargas? No, no, no. Uh, 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 Dan. Dan, maybe. I, I don't know that that could help him. I don't I, either, I, man. I don't. I don't either. Yeah. I think it's too fucked up. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, like, it's great the way it is for the show and everything else. Is it great for life? Probably not. I mean, but he's living life, you know? He's like, alive today. He's, he's fucking living every day. He's it's alive like, today. You roll the dice every day when you're Dan Holloway and, like, <laughs> never know what the fuck's going to happen. Like, I'm a little envious. For me, it's like the end of uh, Goodwill Hunting, where I always wonder if I'm going to roll up and, and Matt Damon's gone from the house. You know, yeah. it was just like, <laughs> ah, shit, did he take off? Well, it looks like I'm going back to work today. You know, like, I have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea. Uh, where can everybody find the organization? Uh, defendersoffreedom.us. Okay, right on, man. Uh, and are you on the board? Do you work with them or just a fan? No, just uh, so do you remember Hamity? Yeah. Whenever you are in North Carolina, uh, the, the, the terrorist, terrorist whisperer. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Ham- I don't know his real name. I just know him as the terrorist. Hamity Jassim is his real name. Yeah, he's one of my homies, and uh, he introduced- great episode. Fuck man, that was a really good show when he was on. I remember recording that one. It yeah. was great. Yeah. So uh, he introduced me to uh, this this mutual friend Matt. Matt was a vet and uh, got RIP. Um, his mom is the president of it, and just through kind of that relationship, I've become pretty involved with them. They do a golf outing every year, and it's just I'm getting more and more involved with them. And uh, yeah, that's it. So okay. Not on the board or anything like that as of this moment. All right. Yeah. Maybe in the future. Potentially, we'll see. All right. I like the hat. Is that one of theirs? It is. Yeah. Right on, dude. Yeah. So. Right on. What's that shot you can take? Do you know that one? What shot? Uh, Dakota talks about it. Dakota Meyer talks about it all the time. Uh, well, you can get a shot, and it'll kind of just... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's a really long, like, German name. Yeah. And I was like, man, couldn't we just simplify that? <laughs> kind of clears out the hard drive and all that yeah. other shit. Um, I know part of their treatment is uh, ketamine. Yeah. Yeah, I, dude, we've got a bunch of uh, centers around here. We actually worked with a company on the show for a little bit where they would send it to your house. Really? Yeah. Um, so I, you know, we vet all these, uh, sponsors and everything else. Uh, and it was, it was fucking wild, man. And it was legit. So I called in, I forget the name of the, the company now, cause it was, I don't know, maybe six, six or seven months ago, but, um, I called in, I talked to him and I said, Hey dude, I'm interested in these ketamine treatments. And they were like, great, we'll send it to your house. And I was like, 
huh? <laughs> and I, and it was, it was, I opened it up, um, and it was two, and it was probably about the size of this bottle cap here. Um, if you can see it on screen, if you're watching on YouTube, if not subscribe, motherfuckers. But uh, so it's it was about this size each uh, for the audio listeners, kind of the size of um, those old school uh, fucking. What was the uh, the hangover cures? You pop them in uh, water. Uh, Alka Seltzer. That's it, Alka Seltzer, yeah. um, and that's what it was. So they dissolve. You, Only you, old guys named Larry remember that. Chance. I know exactly, so, yeah. right? But you put a, you beaver dip them. So you go uppers here, and uh, and then put two of those tablets up there, and then it dissolves in your mouth. You set a timer on your phone, and then boom. Now here was the interesting part: was uh, when I talked to the doctor. You know, it was one of the it, like a telemedicine thing. Mm-hmm. She goes, so hey. Uh, now, when you do this, you know, you want to be in a relaxing space, you know, hopefully somebody's around you and everything else. And then don't keep them in, in your in your gums for more than eight minutes. And I was like, what happens after the eight minutes? And she goes, well, do you know what a K-hole is? And I go, yeah, sure do. Love them. Big fan <laughs> of K-holes. Uh, it's been a while, but yeah. And she goes, well, that's, you know, that's what kind of happens or whatever. And I was like. Cool. So are you telling me this because you want me to go into a K hole? Because that's what it feels like. Is like I really need to go in a K hole. Like challenge. Yeah, but I think that the 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 kind of treatment you're talking about is you're typically in an office. Uh, they'll give you a, either like what a a small injection or something like that. No, so it's like a week long process, and there's like they test like motor functions. And no, but uh, are you ripping rails of it? Or are you? Is it a little injection? Uh, injection. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. You're not doing fucking gator tails up there, bro. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's how I used to do it back in the day. Allegedly. <laughs> in college. Uh, but yeah, you would, you know, do a little bump and then boom, you know, off to cartoon land. But uh, but in these clinics that are all over Austin, at least, uh, it's pretty controlled. Uh, you're in there with a the doctor yeah. and the injections and all that other stuff. And, uh, and it, it can be very, very helpful. I agree with you. Um, I think ketamine is uh, is great when used in small doses uh, with a doctor and all that stuff. Absolutely. Or if you're single and just looking to unwind. If you're just looking to party. Yeah. Or, you know, we're in Jamaica, right? Honey? Exactly. Or if you're an Eagles fan, you know, this year, <laughs> and you're just like, holy shit, man, we were nine and one. We were nine and one. Then I would recommend doing it by yourself in about yeah, time. Yeah, the Eagles Was fans it 10 and 0? Did you guys start off 10 and 0? Yeah, we are 10 and 0. God damn, dude. Yeah. Beat I'd- the Chiefs. Beat the Super Bowl champs. <laughs> Eagles are we, fans are going the worst. to a K-hole forever. Uh, we're not. <laughs> no, they're not the worst fans. You're the scumbag. Yeah. Who who's your team? Cowboys. Oh God. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's our year, Ross. It's our year. It's dude. never your year. It's our year. Every it's year. Never your. And my year. life is a Niners fan, so you can imagine football season in our home is not. Uh, yeah. Not is she fun. a Brock Purdy fan? Oh yeah. God, he sucks. Um, <laughs> Jimmy, by the way, Jimmy Jesus got popped for, for PEDs right before we went on air too. So it's not like he would have been any better. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Cowboys fans, horrific. Um, that's cause we have a lot of, uh, clients and everything that come into town. I had to take these fuckers to, uh, uh, a Cowboys game, um, some clients, uh, on a thing. And, you know, we've got a, a suite there and all that other stuff. We don't use it except for like once a year if, if somebody big comes in town. Right. So we take them there. You have and a suite they, that you don't use is what you just said? Well, we sell it because um, it's, okay. it's a part of a business, obviously. Okay, so, like, yeah, it's not, it's not like it's empty. But uh, it's, it's part of the, the ticketing company and all that other stuff, and we'll, we'll try to rent it out. Um, but they were fans of the opposing team, and they were here in town. And I was like, all right. So we took them out, and uh, they got fucking booed, dude, as soon as we entered the parking lot. And that it lasted for a half hour every fucking place we went until we got inside the stadium. And I was like – 
dude, we're in the goddamn parking lot. And you're booing the opposing team just because they're wearing a, a <laughs> fans because they're wearing a goddamn jersey for Christ's sakes. Yeah, it's Cowboys fans way over Philadelphia. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I disagree. We, uh, my son and I went to the uh, final game of the year this year against uh, Philadelphia and in Dallas. In Dallas, okay. yeah. And uh, it was like three different. I saw it three different times. There was like a group of guys that would have like a young girl that was literally like running up to dudes, just getting in their faces, going, "You fucking pussy, fucking do something," just like trying to provoke so that the dudes could get involved. It yeah. was uh, like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with these people, man? It's uh, look, it's violence. It is that whole division you're in is violence. Yeah. ours is Except the opposite. Except the Redskins, they don't fight. Anyone. The Atlanta Falcons is the opposite. Uh, it's the Atlanta Falcons, which if we're good, people will care in that city. If not, nobody goes. Carolina Panthers, does that even exist? Is that even? A, it's like Iowa. Is that even a fucking place over there? Uh, New Orleans Saints, which New Orleans is always a blast no matter what. So yeah. people are fucked up and having a good time. You can do whatever you want, New Orleans, and then Tampa Bay. The Buccaneers, for Christ's sakes. Nobody gives a shit about them either. So Since Tom Brady. Yeah. yeah. Your division, though, everybody's suiting it. The Giants, uh, Cowboys, Eagles. Who else? Who's the last one in that division? Washington. Redskins. Redskins. Still Redskins. Right. Yes. So, dude, we've partied the Redskins games, man. We've done uh, live shows there. We did one from a suite there, I think, a year and a half ago. And, uh, yeah, they're pretty fucking intense, too. Uh, so it's your whole goddamn division there. Yeah. Uh, well, I appreciate you being on the show. Is anybody else here that wants to come up today? Yeah, come on up. What up, girl? It's nice to have a girl on the show so at least the audience knows, hey, guys, you do have a couple women who listen to the show, and it's rad. Was your husband on yesterday? Uh, single. Oh, you're saying you That's guys aren't together? Friend. No, he's just a friend. Oh, shit. I didn't yeah. know that. Uh, put the up. mic about an inch from your face there. I thought you guys were together. No. Sorry. Oh, you just travel together? Yeah, we're just homies. You guys ever bone? We we dated for five years. There you go. But that's yeah, no. And so now you're you're able to just be homies at that point? Yeah. Does he judge the people you date? I think he's lying. Ah! <laughs> They're all shit bags, is that what you said? Dick bags, yeah, yeah. You'll yeah, have yeah, the yeah, occasional, yeah. you know. Sure. Yeah. Well, how old are you? Twenty seven. Oh, all right. Well, you're you're in the the stage where you should be dating all the dick bags, exactly. and then by the time you're ready to get married, you'll know. All right, cool. I don't want to be with those those fucking people. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So I understand it. Uh, tell everybody your name. Uh, Bree Ruffle. All right, Bree. Where are you from? Uh, Ohio, Akron, Ohio. There you go, Akron. Mm-hmm. There it is, LeBron James. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> if you're into that. Do you like Akron? No. Me neither. God no. <laughs> what is it's the rubber capital of the world, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds like tires. Yeah. Yeah. God damn. I did a live show from there too, man. I did a live show in Akron with uh, Danny Warsnop for uh, Asking Alexandria. We did okay. a live show there. Some weird bar downtown there. Uh, it was fun. We got fucked up. Uh, but Akron's a weird city. Yeah. It's not good. It's <laughs> not good. <laughs> I'll not say positive things. <laughs> Are you out of there now? Or do you still live there? I still live there, but I will be out soon. Okay. Yeah. Just uh, a stepping stone. Yeah, I, it's the it's the first one. Yeah, it's the first stone. There's many after that, but yeah, you gotta get the fuck out of Akron for sure. Uh, who do you want to give drinking bro the week to? Uh, is that okay if I do too? God, fire away! All right, the first one's gonna be Dakota Evans. He is the one that got me into you guys. Uh, he's just my other best friend besides him. <laughs> sure. And uh, he's just an amazing, hardworking guy. Love him to death. Uh, the second one's gonna be Cody Hathaway. Okay. Just because 
he's just ridiculous and uh, anti-government and loves you guys also. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Now, obviously, I have to ask, did you have sex with them too? No, neither of them. Okay. Because it's all, all my dudes. Friends. It's I don't all dudes. My- You're only friends with dudes. They're easier. They're less maintenance. They're just I easier. I agree, but, you know, you're sitting around on a Friday evening, splitting a 12-pack of hard AFs, and then you look around, and you're like, all right, I, I can either have sex or not have sex, and that's what's going to happen here. I mean, but, like, I yeah. fuck all my friends. Just, okay. Just a handful. Just a handful. I mean, just, Okay. All right. But you guys are like here that together. That's on here. <laughs> I, it is, and then we can't go back. Obviously, you know the rules. Um, where are you guys staying at? Uh, we're actually in the North uh, Austin area right now. Oh, right on. Yeah. Okay. Cool. We thought we were in East, but we were terrible at directions. <laughs> eh, I, when everybody comes to Austin, it's so it's actually bigger than you think. And when yeah. you come here, you're like, oh shit, because I mean, this is still Austin, mm-hmm. but then so is that all the way downtown and everything else. And you're like, all right, shit. Um, well, hopefully you enjoyed your stay. Uh, I think I gave your buddy some hard AF yesterday. Mm-hmm. Take some more with you. Take some cases with you. Uh, you. Rage over the weekend and uh, enjoy your life while you're here. We appreciate all the support and we appreciate mm-hmm. you coming in. Uh, if you can't come in, you're not in the Austin area, uh, you can give your Drinking Bro of the Week submission on drinkingbros.com. Store is all stocked up over there. We got everything. Uh, hats, T-shirts, Bro Box is about to be live. Uh, all the fun things are back there, and uh, you know, technology, man, it's it's just not there yet. We made it back there yet, so we're open. Uh, it's there. So if you want to give a drinking bro of the week submission, uh, you can fill out that form. It'll go directly to our inbox, and I'll read it live on air. Or uh, you can buy some hats and some merch and support the show. If you can't do that, you poor sons of bitches, you know what is free? Just going to iTunes, rating the show a five-star, and leaving a quick review. Also, head on over to Spotify. It's just a five-star, and you can walk away. Although he's at an AIDS clinic in San Francisco today. For Danthony Danthony Holloway, I'm Ross Patterson. This is Drinking Bros Podcast. Good night, everyone. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.